The Big Light presents Hello, I'm Sean McDonald and you're listening to Blethered on the Big Light Network. My guest is Senior Debt Advisor Tommy Gallagher. Tommy is a highly respected industry expert and was recently on the panel of BBC's Debate Night programme, giving his input alongside national politicians. With Christmas here and millions of people relying more heavily on credit, we reflect on the past year and the various predictions that Tommy made at the start of the year with regards to the cost of living. Tommy dismantles misconceptions about debt and the belief that you'll be blacklisted for life if you ever put a foot wrong. And there's some great advice and guidance on three practical steps to get on top of debt and how to put yourself in the best position. And as always, there's plenty more. If you enjoy this episode, share it with someone who you think could benefit from it and make sure you subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Debt Experts Don't Fret About Debt. If you're struggling with debt and you would like a free chat with an impartial advisor to discuss your options or to see how you can lower your monthly repayments towards debt, then visit don'tfretaboutdebt.net forward slash blethered. Don't Fret About Debt offer all statutory debt solutions in Scotland, helping you to make an informed choice. So take the first step to dealing with your debt today. Free advice is also available from the Money Advice Service. If you enjoyed this episode, feel free to share it. Cheers. Christmas is on the way, so what better way to get ready for it than by talking about something that strikes the fear of God into people? Debt, yeah. Yeah. The, the cost of Christmas, I guess. Mm. A Christmas is, is on the way, it's very close. People are in a wee bit of a position. What do you anticipate or what do you sort of foresee, maybe in a worst case scenario, that somebody could end up doing in terms of ending up in a situation I think the yeah I, I mean I, generally I mean normally in any sort of normal year you, you see a rise in people using credit to pay for Christmas that's just that, that's just the way it is mm. that's just generally I mean, that, and that's fair enough um, it's it's Nobody plans that far in advance that they've, they've got this savings. And generally, you don't really know what your kids are, assuming it's kids we're talking about, mm. even if it's not. Actually, it isn't just that. I mean, you don't know what your kids are wanting until they tell you a couple of weeks before. You've already bought something else for a start. <laughs> um, and But also, even if you don't, so it's not just people that have kids or, or you know young families, stuff like that. You know the cost of Christmas. Everybody, all your messages now are just like, oh, we need to catch up for Christmas. Let's get a night out for mm. Christmas. You've got a what's night out. You've probably got a firm night out, you know, department or whatever it is. Plus, you've got all your pals that want to kind of get get caught up. So nobody's, and it's your November wage. We're coming up to what are we the twice say? So we're a week away from the wage that's basically going to see you through mm. to Christmas. I know people get paid slightly early in December, but that's not the one you use to buy the presents, something like that. So everybody will go into their overdrafts pretty much. Um, but credit cards, buy now, pay later, is generally how people mm. are going to get by in a normal year. Whereas where we are just now. People are probably already in those overdrafts and already in those credit cards, so they're either going further into it or there's potential new credit they're taking out for that. And it's understandable, isn't it, as well? After oh, it's been a bit of a, a brutal few years, but mm-hmm. this year has not been without its challenges, and people are probably looking at it and thinking, do you know what, man? I just want a wee bit of yeah. whether it's respite or detachment from that and to enjoy it. Christmas is meant to be a, a very nice time, it's as you say, even with down to nights out and stuff. Yeah, you can, you can. You can take a year out of, or you can sort of, you can reduce your expectations for like f- holidays for a year. You can maybe say, right, we can't really afford that this year. We can't really afford to do much. We'll try and do a kind of something local. I'll have a kind of quieter birthday. But Christmas, just the way it is, mm. there's not really any way about it. You can't really have a, unless, unless you're then having to reach out to everybody and say, can we have a quieter Christmas? Can we sack the family secret Santa? Can we, mm. can we not do this? Can we maybe all just buy each other? Selection, but which is fair enough if you can have those conversations. I'm not suggesting anybody does that because mm-hmm. nobody will do that. It's Christmas is the kind of juggernaut that you can't avoid. Yeah, so. speak just to kind of back up what you were saying. ITV released something I think last night that people were relying heavily on credit, well, in increasing numbers, and it's something that that people were turning to. But that isn't itself without its own 
caveats or challenges kind of as we were discussing earlier, the credit affordability checks. What have been what have you seen in terms of trends that have been sort of developing there? Um well, I mean because of and we might as well just get the buzzword at the way the cost of living crisis, which mm. everybody kind of you know rolls their eyes at now. Or we or more or less we've been saying it for so long that you kind of forget what it is. And it, or it almost feels like because we've been saying it that long, it should almost be ending. Whereas yeah. actually, unfortunately, as depressing as it is, this is possibly the start of it. This is us now. There was a lot of unknowns. There was a lot of we weren't really sure what what interest rates were going to be. Whereas actually, now with the kind of budget announcements and stuff like that, the the Office of National Statistics can pretty much predict what interest rates are going to be. So now we know what the cost of living crisis is going to be, and it's actually potentially going to be minimum of two years that we're going to be feeling this squeeze. So even even looking now, I, I and as much as previous podcasts, and I still say it, people shouldn't obsess over their credit ratings too much. There's no there's no real need to do that. But I keep an eye on it. I use the Money Saving Experts Credit Club just to keep an eye on more to keep an eye on trends mm-hmm. necessarily. But I noticed, and my circumstances haven't changed in the last six months. I haven't my outgoings haven't not my my fixed outgoings haven't increased. Certainly, obviously, the cost of food and stuff like mm-hmm. that. But my uh, my income hasn't changed, but I noticed on the when they give you like an affordability score or here's loans you would get that has reduced. That has reduced in the last couple of months, and that's obviously because the 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 data that they use to predict what I fa- so I've got two young kids. I marry there's four of us in the house, me and my wife and two young kids, and they've obviously looked at that to see a dad of two young kids on the income I'm on, the the disposable income I have now is less than the disposable income they would have predicted I had mm-hmm. six months ago or 12 months ago. So the loans that I would be able to get if I needed credit or the credit cards I'd be able to get are reduced or I'm more of a risk. So it would be a higher interest rate, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So that's what we're seeing is that anyone who's going to potentially, and we know that people are going to rely on, because this is the same as what happened with the credit crunch, you know, financial crash 10, 12 years ago, is that, Everybody then started to supplement the loss of income with high high interest credit. Yeah, um, yeah. So the the one of the sort of implications. That, well, now let's say there's a fork in the road and people have got to make a choice in some way. There could be a lot of people that are thinking, well, "I don't want to have this debt history that might mean that I'm then blacklisted forever if I take certain steps to to." release the pressure so they might think well I would prefer to go for credit and remain in that green bracket mm. if yep. you will but then as you're pointing out there's going to be a lack or a, a lessening of what is available there so yeah. it's kind of I mean that again that's human nature mm. Everyone, and, and I've done it myself and I know I, I say this every time as well um, but you do want to sort it yourself mm-hmm. generally anyone I speak to when, I've, when I sort it for them they say I should have came to you 12 months ago yeah. and that's just there's no point in me trying to get somebody 12 months before they're ready um, you are going to just turn to your bank first of all look at your available credit and try and almost borrow your way out which which I, there's, and there's nothing wrong with that if you can do it but you need mm-hmm. to make sure you have the financial resilience to do it and I think anything the last couple of years have kind of showed us that we don't have that people don't have that financial resilience you might have it now and it's fine to say you know, if you're saving up to buy something, you can say, right, I can cut my cloth accordingly. I don't mind sacrificing X, Y, and Z to, to, because I know I've got this end goal. I need mm. to save up so much amount because I need to go on holiday. or Not need to go on holiday, but I want to go on holiday or I'm studying. I just need to get this passed and then I'll get a job or whatever it is. But if you're taking on something that's four or five years plus credit cards, plus buy now, pay later and stuff like that, you're leaving yourself with very little wiggle room for, yeah. a, a, for any sort of income shock for... If there's a further... Downturn or shortfall, then yeah. you can, as you see, there's your back's already against the wall. There's nothing for emergency, so what you know, mm-hmm. and, and again, kind of, it, it becomes it becomes the point where you've just you're dragging this debt around that you can't even remember what it was for mm-hmm. because it was just debt to pay off debt and debt to pay off debt and debt to supplement income because you haven't supplemented income because you're paying off debt. So, so it, yeah, there there is I get why there's not a reluctance, but why it, it's you know it's well, I don't really want to. Because it's almost, as well, what it means is if you're going into a debt solution, I suppose what you're saying is, right, I'm now not going to use credit anymore. But the flip side to that is, if you're looking at a debt solution, you are, you're, you're taking, you're, you're freeing up so much more money in your, mm-hmm. you're, you're revisiting your budget. You're not looking at it from affordability. You are looking at it from affordability point of view, but it's not based on that. If you're paying £800 a month to three different credit cards and a loan, and you say, well, I want to consolidate that into one bigger loan, well, that's fine, but that your payment 
is your payment going to be drastically smaller than, than what yeah. it already was? You know, it's it's just shuffling things around without actually changing the landscape of it. Um, the, the last time you and I spoke in this format was it was thirty first of January of this year, so that's about what kind of nine ten months ago. Yep. Um, and now at that point. Yeah, a lot of the things that you predicted have come to pass. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. quite startling accuracy. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm not some sort of nostrad. I just worked with the evidence. It was the, it was yeah. information that was publicly available. You know, um, we'd been banging on about the the energy price cap since about this time, 2021. So November 2021, I think was it. I, I scroll back through Twitter just to find out like when was the first mention of the fact that come April 2022 there's going to be this energy price cap mm-hmm. problem. We already knew. Fuel had increased. We already knew that. Um, well, we thought council tax was going to increase, and it did. But we obviously got that that kind of help with that payment. We knew NI was going to go up, so all that stuff was was readily available. You know, I, I'm not. I can't tell you the lottery numbers. However, we all knew that 31st of January, we knew all these things were going to happen. So that was three weeks, two, three weeks before the war in Ukraine. Before it was properly mentioned in in the sort of detail. Yeah. That, it, that it went on to be. Oh yeah, yeah. But anyone who's telling you it's, it's due to the war in Ukraine, it's exacerbated by the war in Ukraine. But certainly, yeah. not. I know that's not really relevant. Yeah. But I just want to make I, that point. Well, so as, as you think it's a, a not to go way way down this road, but it's a bit of a government cop out, isn't it? Oh no, yeah. it's you know it's completely out of our hands. Well, it is. I mean, you, you, that's that's the kind of party line. But the, the the reality is, we knew about that in January, and basically nothing has happened. Without getting too political about it, nothing. Nobody done anything for the past. I'm not saying everybody should have listened to this podcast. I was just echoing what was already out there. Martin Lewis was already screaming into every yeah. every um, press uh, appearance he'd done. He was basically screaming the same thing. He started the term zombie government because mm-hmm. with the party gate, with the leadership, nobody done anything. So nobody was addressing the fact that we had this energy crisis. And now they have addressed it kind of too late. Things have kind of settled, I suppose, but now we know where we are. And we know that... We know that, okay, we've got the... The price guarantee on the energy bills till twenty twenty four. Stewie got up in April again, but we just know we're going to. Everybody knows that their, their costs are, are tighter. Mm-hmm. They're, 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 that we are going to be poorer as a, over the next couple of years. Things but, are going to get worse. Yeah, I suppose in in that instance, then that that is a. I don't want to say a, a plea, more of a a guidance or advice to the people that were kind of mentioned it might have just no room for manoeuvre whatsoever once it, there's a downturn it's probably worth That's what I a said. further downturn I think, sorry. I'm sure I said that and I haven't went back to listen to it recently but I, I'm sure I said that in January was look you might be listening to this further in the year you might not yeah. you might not be using your credit just now to supplement your income but you probably will be towards the end of the year and if that's you then you know get in touch or, or mm. get, get advice um, if you need it that was probably a prediction thinking that things were going to get tidied up a bit quicker yeah. whereas they didn't and I understand why people why, why we've all been kind of sitting in limbo because we don't know what our costs are going to be whereas now it's happening now we know if you're in a fixed term mortgage or even if you're renting you know that potentially if you're private let mm-hmm. possibly your landlord's mortgage has gone up yeah I've seen, oh god I've seen so many so many instances of that people just talking about that generally that having to move out of flats or move city or whatever because the landlord has said oh, it has to go up by by X amount, and yep. you're like, well, physically, one, the house just is not worth that, uh, or the the accommodation is not worth that, and two, how am I supposed to do that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I've seen, yeah, I mean, I've seen, <clears throat> again, keep an eye on sort of rental prices in, in my area, and I've seen the difference between what it was, you know, six, seven years ago for a three bed and what it is now compared mm-hmm. to what a mortgage is. And I know there's not a lot, of, I know it's the world's smallest violin for, for landlords, but at the end of the day, it's it's, it's money on a spreadsheet for them. Yeah. So, you know, not all landlords are trying to kind of squeeze money out of people, mm-hmm. but if you've got a buy to let mortgage and the mortgage's gone up by X amount and you're getting less than that in from your rent, you've got to make that call. You're either going to have to increase the rent or potentially sell the property, in which yeah. case that's somebody that's been given notice. So, yeah. <laughs> it's, it was I mean a lot of the things that you kind of predicted that did come to pass were not I'm not saying funny but it's a bit like wow that was really on the money but then there are other things that have kind of happened that you probably just couldn't have foreseen in terms of you know without giving any, away any identifying details or anything but have the issues that when people come to you let's say and, and saying like I need help with X, Y and Z has it have there been any sort of new things popping up where you're thinking well I've not I've not heard that before has it just been an increase in the same it, amount of issues it's, it's it's more a return to what it was pre-pandemic I guess people mm. are um, people's 
people's circumstances are more are solidified, I guess. Everybody knows where they are. Mm-hmm. We were just in that state of flux since since basically lockdown one till almost maybe a couple of months ago. Everybody was still in a state of flux of where you didn't really know whether you were working from home or mm-hmm. hybrid working and then employers were kind of going from oh, one day a week to two days a week and then three and there was kind of more pressure for people to return and things like that. There was obviously still kind of there's still ongoing um pay disputes people don't really know what their you know their oh, salaries yeah. are there's a lot of people in the in in the public sector generally and, and i said this did i say this on my um well-received appearance on the on, on bbc um <laughs> yeah. was it a bit a third of the people i speak to are public sector um mm-hmm. so you know police nurses all that kind of stuff and the other ones that are that are waiting on nurses are obviously waiting on our back day to pay increase so um so so yeah the recent trend has been people who have who have been relying on credit to supplement their income and now don't have any wiggle room anymore. Have mm-hmm. have literally maxed everything. When I'm speaking to them, they are they, there's no room. They will tell you. I, they, I don't even need to get them to look at. A, normally, they'll, they'll maybe sit and log in and tell me what their balance currently is in the credit mm-hmm. card. Whereas they don't need to do that because they know their limits three and a half, and they know that that credit card's oh, at three and a half. So yeah. they can just tell me what the limits are and just say, "Look, I know that's a four grand credit card. I know that's at its limit." And because they've got to the point where they have. They have tightened their belt as much as they can, and now it's just got to the point where there was no, there, there's no, nothing drastic has changed. Nothing mm-hmm. has come back to say, you know, actually, see the energy bills. Turns out we we added it up wrong. You're all due a rebate of five hundred quid or something <laughs> like that. You know, the basically the the, the the news just now or the guidance is just like this is the way it's going to be. Mm-hmm. This is the way it's going to be for a couple of years, and that's why people are more we're much busier now this month than, than we have been any point because it's everybody just going right now I know where I am I need to get this sorted I need to get this is the one thing if I can get all this sorted then I can deal with mm-hmm. you know because you, you mentioned previously as well to me that after Jeremy Hunt's autumn statement and once there was a I suppose while that brought chaos it also brought a bit of clarity it to did. people in terms of their situation yeah. that there's been a, a high rise in people coming in after that as well that's it I mean it was welcomed from the point of view I mean, it wasn't great I think everybody on a sort of middle middle income not not middle class I guess as sometimes it's reported as just middle income that kind of you know that however you want to class it 30 grand to 50 grand a year potentially somewhere within that kind of yeah. ballpark um, they're, they're the ones that are going to be affected the most the ones that are potentially going to slip into higher tax brackets because the tax the tax brackets are, are frozen um, they're the ones that don't really that, that haven't got um that aren't going to get a lot of the, the the help. So, yeah, it's not it welcome from a point of view of everybody knows where they are now. They can look at it and say, right, I know what's going to happen. I know where my where my income is, and I'm not. It's not going to get worse because mm-hmm. obviously all the stuff that happened with quasi quarting and all, and when there was no government at all, people were predicting. It got to the point where the predictions for um, utilities were just it just it, the number just became more and more ridiculous. That you was know? becoming obscene. Guessing, oh, by January 2023, it's going to be. And it was just like a whole stream of nonsense numbers. You're like, well, that's not... And people couldn't relate to that. People were going, that my bill's not going to be that. Yeah. Or an average user, it'll be 6,000, it'll be 7,000, it's going to be 10,000. No, it isn't. Like, nobody could believe it. It just seemed like... Yeah, it was easy to go, this is scaremongering. Because yeah. you were just like, this is nonsense. Whereas now they went, right, okay, it's somewhere in the middle. It's almost like, you know, that whole thing where folk are saying, oh, they, there was various memes going about, oh, they put the petrol prices up to two quid, so is it... You were happy when it came back down to one sixty. Yeah. You know what I mean? Which, yeah. And I do get that, but it's kind of like that when mm-hmm. people are saying, "Oh, the you know the the price guarantee is now two and a half, and it's going to be three. You're like, oh, that's actually all right because the figures that were coming out were, were more nonsense before. Yeah, but it's still not. <laughs> it's still yeah, it's still obscenely high. Yeah. Um, there are a couple of things I will point out. I think I'll start here then with people, and I can we kind of t- touched on it slightly. People thinking having a debt history or or having um a record of having been on a trusted debt arrangement scheme or something to to really properly manage your sort of financial burden, we'll call it that. People often think, no, because that's it, I'm blacklisted forever now. I'll never get a mortgage or, you yeah, know, I'll never yeah. get so much as a store card or anything. And it's not really the case, is it? No, no, not at all. There's no there is no there's no blacklist. I mean it's better to you you're you're as much of a risk from an underwriter's point of view if you're applying for further credit dragging a whole bunch of debt around whether it's you've never missed a payment on it then you are having debt that's that's been managed through a um you know through an agreement i mean certainly you know i, I speak again i said that before, i'm regular contact with mortgage advisors and things like that and and i know that the, the high street lenders generally have a 
a kind of questionnaire if there's but they do a, they, they, the main thing for, for like most lenders is an affordability check they just mm-hmm. want to know what's your income just now versus what your outgoings you're generally not going to be applying for um, you're not going to be applying for mortgages until you've got the debt sorted so you want to find the route that's going to get that debt cleared as quick as possible mm-hmm. then you can present for a mortgage People kind of go, oh, but I'm going to have to wait six years before I do. So even if I even if I entered into a scheme that's going to pay my debts off in two, three years, four years, whatever it is, I'm not going to be able to. It's going to be ten years before I'm, I can actually look at house. No, that's not the case. What they look at is right. Okay, is what was their debt? Yes, and it's 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 very very basic. See the the questions. It's really just what was the debt that you had? What was that a result of? What did you do to solve it? Mm-hmm. And what um what steps are there? To, that you're not going to fall into that again. And the reason for that is what they want to catch more than cost of living, supplement income, which is what people generally have their debt for, is they want to make sure there was no, um, not that there's anything wrong with it, but to make sure that there was no underlying issue like a gambling problem yeah. or drug addiction or criminal fines or something like that, because that's what an underwriter is looking for. They're not looking for, did you, you know, oh, you had three store cars, that's ridiculous. I've got two young kids. Like, that's just, you know. It's life. W- one of us had to take maternity or paternity leave, so mm. therefore we had a reduced income, we had to buy clothes for them all. Like, you know, having your first kid costs a fortune, and things like that. So, you know, there's no, it's not you're sitting across with a bank manager who's sitting going, nah, nah, I don't think you're worthy anymore. They just, that's that's it. They just want to look at it and say, right, okay, what have you done to, to resolve it? And it is, very, and that these these are high, this is um, high street lenders, this is the Santander that I've seen a copy of their, their questionnaire. So that's, that's, if, if if you're presenting, if you're wanting to, then if your worry is, oh, I'm, I'm going to be, I'm going to be looked at as a, as a bad. Um, I've viewed, I've viewed a pot, like viewed as a pariah or something, and it's no. like, and it's, yeah. e- and it's easier. It's just, it's I bang on about the debt industry all the time, but it's the best product we've got. It's the best tool we have in Scotland for for, for getting debt sorted. You know, there's no interest. You know, there's no fees. It's, it's like it's paid back. The debt's paid back in its entirety. All you're paying all of it back in full. You're paying all your debts back in full. You're doing it in a more affordable amount. I know this sounds like an advert, and it is. It's, 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 I'm not. It's obviously, I, I earn a salary as an advisor, but I'm not. You know, it makes makes no difference to me how much somebody's paying towards it. But I just, mm-hmm. it's a no brainer. Clear the debt off if you don't. You know, insolvency. If insolvency isn't the right thing for you, or it might put your that will obviously have a bigger impact. But mm-hmm. if you can clear the debts off, do it. Do it now and just. Yeah. There's no. You know, there's there's no there's no. I know there's a bit of a rush, and I know we put a lot of pressure in the UK for. Like buying a home is seen as like the pinnacle. Mm-hmm. You look at like European countries and stuff like that. They generally in America as well. You generally just rent. There's yeah. a lot of just, just rent. There's no real focus on you must own property. You must own. Whereas UK and that's fair enough. It's funny that that we cultural shift that, that sort of cultural difference where it is viewed as the pinnacle. Or you know you're you're a, a very responsible adult. And fair enough. There are mm-hmm. parts of that I'm, too. But it's... I'm I'm forty years old. Right. I am t- I am I am technically a millennial by the skin of my teeth. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think the cough is in 1981. I was born in 1982. So like, right. just as a wee aside, I think it's funny you see somebody that's like maybe 40 odd or 45 and they're talking about criticising millennials and like, mate, you are. That, Aye, you're yeah, talking they, about you, think, you mean Gen Z, young yeah, man. Exactly. Yeah, they think somebody <laughs> was born in 2000. Yeah, Aye. yeah. Aye, you are a millennial. Aye, it drives me nuts. That's why I was clarifying it. So 40 years old, I only became a homeowner for the first time Less than a month ago. Right? Mm. That's that's how long it's taken me to. Now I get there's various other factors like that, um, for that, but very difficult for millennials to get on the, the property market historically. Anyway, that that's kind of well documented. Um, but there was no rush. You know, there's people kind of mm-hmm. that are in turning thirty that are on the phone to me saying, "Oh, I'm never going to be able to own a house." Like you could have been, I could have, I could have had you in and out of debt like two or three times by the time you're my age. You know, <laughs> and, and, yeah. and do that. So there's no, I don't know why there's this kind of mad rush for it. You'll get the debt done, get the debt sorted sooner rather than later. There's no point in taking it, and particularly now, you know, why buy a house the new? You know what I mean? Just, yeah, it's a very good point. You know, not to even this kind of takes his full circle a wee bit back to the first ever podcast that we recorded when we kind of focused on the social stigma that does surround it or the perceived social stigma yep and not to try and do a whole joe rogan bit where you're like talking trying to be all inspirational and all that but it's like <laughs> you know you're not defined by and i'm not reducing i know debt is a serious thing and stuff but it's if you really reduce it all the way down to its basic form it's numbers on the screen mm-hmm. it's not representative of your values as a person, the decency that you hold, um, your standing in society. It's just one of those things. There are multiple, there are a multitude of ways to to deal with it, to tackle it, to make it better. And I suppose the, the options that you and I discuss each time, the to, again, to take it to its most basic point, 
it's not going to blacklist you. You're not in some list where you'll never get anything again. In fact, it's probably the best thing you could do. It probably shows, in, I suppose, in, in the eyes of lenders or the people who, quote-unquote, it matters to, that you're actually Aye. more responsible than not and not reckless because you've, you've taken steps over a period of time to be like, right, we'll get this under control because it can happen to anybody, every single one is. Yeah, and they don't really look at it a great deal. <clears throat> there's, there's, there isn't, it's not that forensic, to be honest with you, applying yeah. for these kind of things. Um, but yeah, I mean, listen, debt is natural. You're always, everyone is going to get themselves, not get themselves in debt, but need credit. You're going to have to rely on credit. Everyone relies on oh, credit. Oh, exactly. Your car, whatever it may be. Yeah. But it's when it just kind of runs away for you a wee bit and it's like, yeah. okay, you need to drop back in. It's good to have a, as much as credit cards are the worst to get out of, right? They're the hardest to get rid of them and overdrafts, right? Mm. But, they are essential. I have a credit card. Nothing on it just now, but my car went in for MOT a couple of weeks ago. Thankfully, nothing was wrong with it. But if there could have been, if there was, that that would that have been going on the credit card, and that's fine. So there's no, there shouldn't be any stigma against not not just having having um, problem debt. So the stigma is generally about reaching out to say, right, I had debt, and now I've got myself in bother. Hmm. Everyone's got debt. Pretty much everybody has some form of debt, whether it's controlled or not. It's it's the stigmas, I guess, on when it goes out of control because then you almost don't want to admit. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, again, harking back to probably the first one, I think I'd said that. I maybe get that out of the way. I usually get that out of the way quite early on when I call to somebody and say, right, let's just tell me who's old what. Let's just get that out in the table. And, oh, God, I'm really embarrassed to tell you this. It's, I mean, it's never bad, really. I mean, it's, some folk are different from others, but it's... They're ashamed, but everybody's got it. Everybody mm-hmm. will have a credit card, and you know, there's people, friends of mine that I know that are, that to, to, in my head, are successful people that are my peers that I yeah. know that found their careers quite early on in life and had houses and all that kind of stuff. And even then, I know that they're they talk about all oh, right. If something happens, like if a coupon comes up or something happens that they've inherited something, they'll be like, right, my first steps, I'm going to clear all these credit cards. I'm mm-hmm. always thinking, even me as a debt advisor who's seen every every. Scenario. I'll still at the back of my go. He's got, oh, he's got umpteen credit cards. He got credit cards. He's successful. <laughs> yeah. Of course, he's got credit cards. Yeah. You know, just what, what do. And like we were kind of talking about the again. Here's that buzzword, but the cost of living crisis. Like it's not your fault that chicken costs a lot more than it no. used to, or that petrol is through the roof. Like it's completely out with your control. My kids, my kids don't know what an actual Twix tastes like because they've had jives the entire life because we've just been shopping in Aldi. Yeah. By the way, I think the Aldi ones are the best. They are. But you know, we yeah. actually done a taste test. My, my daughter Orla. Come for some reason she was moaning about it. She must have somebody must have had it. Either that or somebody one of the wee, somebody at school was like, eh, "You're eating," you know. Mm. I don't know what it was. And she's like, "I want Twixes from now on." That's so, a shame. So, I so my, that wife, my wife actually done the, the proper like, is it from an advert or one of these like, you know, Channel Five eat well for less can well, not eat well if you eat Twixes. But yeah. I actually done the taste test yeah. of chopped up a Twix and a jive and gave it to her. And said, "Right, tell the difference." She couldn't. There's no, there's no difference. But. um what were we talking about? Aye, cost so, yeah, it's not but that's fault. it. But it, aye, everything's costing a fortune just now. It's just you mm-hmm. know, that, and it is, and it's cost of living crisis has fallen into that kind of like buzzword, that kind of rolling your eyes buzzword, like you know, new normal and all yeah, that aye. kind of stuff. And now you know, more than ever, unprecedented times. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Hope you're they're, they're all ready to come back around, like so, socially distance, of course. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it is, you know, because, because and that's, a, and like I said, it's that, the problem is we are just starting the cost of living crisis. And, a, and it's depressing. And a, I'm, I'm no way I make this sound like a depressing podcast. Mm-hmm. It isn't, it should be uplifting. It should yeah. be not uplifting. <laughs> maybe, that's, maybe that's a bit well, too. But when we get to the point of re, the point of resolution and stuff, and that we're off, we're off, one, we, yeah, yeah, we're, we're all, not sitting here kind of wallowing and, oh, isn't everything bad? It's like things are bad, but look, there are avenues for it not to be so bad. The one thing to say is that this is the one, the, the one thing you can control. So you can't really, the mortgage, so mortgages are predicted to get. To, to increase about 5% by mm. 2024, November 2024, and then reduce again, but only reduce down to about 4.6 or something like mm-hmm. that, which is all fine if you got if you know where you are. So people are on fixed rates and stuff like that, and, and everybody's running around. Anyone's got mortgages, that's fixed rates coming to an end. You're kind of predicting that taxes and things like that will change. So you can't really change that. You can shop around for your mortgage and you get advice. So you can you can pretty much change it, but you, the one thing you can change is the outgoings you've got towards your debts. So if you are paying an awful lot out a month to credit card loans and stuff like that you control that unsecured debt you can get that sorted the yeah. mortgage you're going to have to unfortunately get whatever the best deal is at that point utilities you can't really switch just now so you're going yeah. to have to just mitigate that as much as you can but the debts is the one thing so you can't really control it apart from going to Aldi's and stuff like that you can get some of your costs down 
you know, there's lots of wee things like, oh, you should only pay for one subscription thing at a month. Like, just pay for Netflix for one month and watch everything on it and mm-hmm. then cancel it and then get Disney for all that. Kind of, which is fine. You're only saving yourself a tenner. But your debts, and I've seen the amount of money that people are paying in debts, and it's hundreds of pounds. It's, th- it's you know, upwards of a thousand pounds, things like that, that people have contacted me about. You can get that sorted. You can mm-hmm. you can release that and you could make that a lot easier. You could get that down. You could, you could restructure your debt to free up that money again which should hopefully see you through the next yes. couple of years and that, that's the one thing you see the one thing you can control um, is your debts and you don't have to be going cap in hand to a bank and hoping that they give you a good interest rate on yeah. a consolidation loan you can actually just look at the options and say right well actually I could probably half half my outgoings mm-hmm. and still clear it and not you know impact my credit file too much yeah you're, you're giving advice and you're kind of from your experience and was it when we were in Starbucks and you gave the dentist analogy? Yeah, it's a bit, it's a bit gross, but the, the well, the point very much stands. So I'll let you explain it. Well, so quite often I'll get, and it, and it did used to be the case um, with with David, and depending on who you speak to, and sometimes people come on the phone and say, "I know you can't really, you can't really, t- you can only tell me my options." Well, I can't. I can tell you what the, I can tell you your options. I can tell you what, the, what, what probably the best option would be, mm-hmm. what I would recommend. Um, yeah, during during lockdown whatever it was I ended up with a cavity in my molar and I had to go to an emergency dentist and they, they said oh yeah you've got a cavity here it's infected I mean it's pretty gross but it was infected my mouth was all swollen up they said well, you've got two options you can either we can either you can, uh, we can fix it up a wee bit you can go and get root canal um, and potentially save the tooth or we can just take it out right now and I said well what's the what's the best and they said well that's up to you do you want to save the tooth, or do you want do you want to take an outstanding? Uh, no, mate. You're the one that went and studied dentistry for five years. But they said no. But they're not allowed to. They said, just for liability reasons, they were like, Look, "You have to make that corner." I was like, "Well, I'll try and save the tooth." They said that's fine. And less than twenty four hours, you know, I was having nightmares of. I was actually having dreams of me sticking my head in front of traffic just to just to knock the tooth oh, out. That's horrible. Woke up, I had to phone him at like two in the morning. I was like, "I need to take this out." I got a different emergency dentist, and he looked in and was like, "Yeah, that has to come out. Let's just take it." Just, well, why does nobody? Oh, we're not allowed to tell you that. See if somebody just told me that. So it's the same. It, it, there's no point if you if you're looking. I I can't remember we, why have we gone to that analogy. Maybe it's either advisors or or even just looking at these things online. See if you're looking at that stuff online. It's like you could do this. You could do a dentist. Mm-hmm. You could declare a cell bank. You could write off up to eighty five percent of your debt through a trustee. You're not going to know what you know. You're going to look at that and see. And the problem is if you're making that call with no, no knowledge and you might jump into something that's exactly. not you know a trusted. When you see that thing that's advertising. Up to eighty five percent of your debt. That's possibly not suitable for you if you have assets that you might lose, or if you have a, 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 a increase in income coming up and things like that. Which, if you speak to an advisor, the advisor can actually say to you, "Right, there's four options, but here's why three of them are not for you. Yeah. you know, here's why that's not going to work. Here's why that's mm-hmm. going to fall on its face, or this is why it's going to have an implication. This is why you need to get this tooth out of the now, Mister Galka." Kind of so, I mean, because if people don't understand the long term implications, or you say, or the caveats, or the different sort of nuances of what each thing would entail um, and it's why you would then be regarded as an expert I suppose good time or oh, you're going to say something there? well I was just going to say yeah again um, what we'd said originally the very first podcast was you can't everyone's your circumstances everyone's circumstances They're are very, so vastly different yeah, and, very and, the, unique. and the solution is is very specific to that person whatever's relevant so mm-hmm. there's, there's there aren't enough drop down boxes for a for you to to do that online, for you know, you do have to, and I think I said that in the first one. Don't feel the phone call. You need to speak to an actual person who can ask, not just what's happening just now, but what's happening in the future. Mm-hmm. Is somebody pregnant? Are you actually planning to have kids? You know, looking at the age range of somebody to say, right, if it's you know, who's in the household? Oh, it's me and my me and my fiance. Right, there's a wedding coming up then, or me and my wife and they're thirty. And you think, right, well, and I don't want to put pressure on anybody that's thirty and married, but generally. Because you're probably getting enough people just now asking you when he's having kids. But probably that somebody's going to start thinking about kids at some mm-hmm. point. So that's something to think about that that's going to happen. So you so you need to have somebody that will sit and actually go through that with you and go right. What's what's happening in the next four years, five years? What mm-hmm. has happened? Has that you know has that resolved itself? This is actually a solution. This is why that solution wouldn't be suitable for you because as soon as you start going off maternity, you know, let's do a debt arrangement scheme that'll clear debts in three years. Three years sounds great. I can clear all my debts. Yeah, but actually, we're probably going to have kids. Well, the income's going to go down. A, a the income in the household is going to go down while mm. somebody's off in paternity or maternity. And the flip side is that there's an extra mouth to feed. So actually, if you have to reduce that, that debt arrangement scheme might go to six, seven, eight years. In which case, maybe a trustee would be better because that's guaranteed four years. If that, mm-hmm. I know I bombard people with, with nonsense, but that, but that's what I mean. Is we need to know the specifics. That's why you're best to get 
actual advice from an actual advisor mm -hmm. who will sit and say, right, this is why your circumstances fit. X model. It's good. I think it's good to paint the picture and for people to realise that it is. It's not a one size fits all. It's it's tailor made to to whatever is best for you and, and your future. Because I suppose it's taking that into account, like what comes after that period, mm -hmm. and just helping to sort of shape that around people's lives. Um, with I mean, there's two points. I'll I'll start with this. With people getting in touch with you, and you mentioned an email you got this morning with the person saying thank you. Yeah. You know, what because we were talking about this early stage and maybe people can't foresee themselves being in th at that point but what they would like to see is the outcome which people then you know get in touch to say yeah I mean the, the the first I mean that's so the two emails we got this morning were from, from people that we spoke to yesterday who just said look thanks very much for taking the time sweet. I felt so much better last night mm. now for various reasons I'm not allowed to say I can take stress away because that's not that's you know, but that's what they were saying. Yeah. I had a good night's sleep last night because, and it was a guy who actually contacted us off the one of the last, I think, one of the podcasts you had done with a guy who had spoken to me. Yeah, um, had, had went into the dating scheme. He'd listened to that podcast, phoned me, I spoke to him, and he was talking about a hundred miles an hour mm. uh, because it was the first time he'd said any of the stuff out loud. God, because it, it was all in his head. It was all he'd all been worrying about it, things like that. Um. And that it's it's that first. It's not it's not even the solution or coming out of it. That coming out of it two or three years when the debt's done. It's that first. It's it's almost that release of kind of going right. I, 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 it's done now. You know, I don't need to worry about. It. I'm not juggling this anymore. Yeah. I'm not keeping an eye it's on. It's not rattling about in the head it's as done. well. It's done. It's there. The credit cards are cut up and they're gone. And I know when my end date is. And I know when that's you know I, I can get on with stuff. And I've I've got you know mm -hmm. kind of more disposable income there. That that episode that you were referring to, that was out on the 31st of October, if anybody wants to go and hear it. Um, the title is Don't Drown in Debt. It should be kind of near the top. And I, I found that to be really worthwhile in terms of, and I always use this term, but painting the picture of what the whole thing is. You know, that's a, a guy who's doing well, yep. who, by all accounts, and... Um, Seemed to be a very typical case as well, but he and he thought, no, that's no, that's not going to apply to me. And he said, now he's able to feel happiness and enjoyment for life again. One of the things I would say is, and I think I had used the word a couple of times, and people do latch onto, and it is quite, it is um, resonating with a lot of people as like, oh, people on a good income, and I, and I, that's maybe not the right phrase for it. Um, good income. What I generally mean by that is somebody who's on a somebody whose whose income is maybe got to the point where like when I was in debt in my early 20s I was always kind of looking at it going that's fine see once I get a proper job yeah. see once I actually find my career and I've got a proper job then I'll deal with that mm -hmm. and, and what I mean by pro I didn't mean I was going to become a pilot or something you know a proper job it just meant like once I've actually got a career once I'm in a job that I'm like right this is where I am I'm not just messing about in yeah. the contact centre yeah, and yeah. You know, hiding in the store cupboard until the time runs down kind of stuff like that so um, I don't mean people in good incomes as in they're earning a fortune necessarily but what it means is if you're at that point where you're sort of like generally early 30s if you're looking going right this is now my career I don't really have a lot of you know I've kind of I've progressed up to senior or team leader or whatever it is I'm now at the point where I don't really have a lot of rungs to go and I'm probably going to be in this this industry for about another 10 years and then you've got the debt and you think right well how have I, how have I still got this I need to get this under control if that makes it I don't know if I'm making that point right but if if you're so it doesn't have to be uh, uh, the point I was making is not, not necessarily you ha you're on a good income, but you're but you're at that point where you're going right. I'm now an adult, if that makes sense. Yeah, you know, yeah, and it's, and it's and steady and it's continuous, and it's not going to be interrupted by yeah. you getting sacked for hiding in the store cupboard. Yeah, like this your, is it. your monthly earnings. Yeah, so I've got this is this is I know what my <coughs> salary is. My salary is going to increase, but you know, I still get promotions of like, but actually, I'm still dragging around 10, 15k of debt that mm -hmm. I, from when I was a wee guy just running about, you know, yeah, uh, going out of the same. Um, so yeah, aye, but definitely that that podcast was brilliant, and 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 I think we'd certainly said it off offline way before we even record the first one. Is that these are the stories that would resonate more an actual an actual um, real life experience. Yeah, somebody who's talking about it, um, it, it resonates more than than me waffling on about. Mm -hmm. uh, but then it's hard to get him to do that. That's, yeah, I think they, they two they two complement each other because he's just given his exact experience, and I suppose focusing on how he felt. Because mm -hmm. um, people can, we can all, I think, well, ninety nine point nine percent of us, you and I included, can relate to what that feels like. Even when you've got a phone call coming in, you're like, oh, that's for that's for the credit card, or if you get a letter coming in, um, probably worth pointing that out as well. You know, that will cause a lot of stress, and people kind of tend to maybe 
ignore it and that's something that can be managed and, and handled as part of being in um, like a, whatever type of arrangement it is because there's been communication with the, the creditor mm-hmm. um, and it's then a case of right okay we know what's happening so we're not going to keep bombarding you I suppose they want clarity and communication absolutely yeah I mean yeah not if your creditors just need they just need a bit like you say they just need that clarity of what's happening they just want to know what's happening mm-hmm. is it being managed by somebody brilliant right great I'm not you know it's there's, there's sometimes again that reluctance to think that the that that if you if you had taken out a credit card, even if you'd taken out recently, then you're like, oh, I can't really do anything about it because I took that out and I'm going to get into trouble. Mm-hmm. You know, if I you know I say to them, just tell them you're speaking. Tell them you're speaking to me. I'll give them a letter. Say just tell them you're speaking to me. I'll be in touch soon and we'll come back with a proposal. And they're like, oh, I don't really want to do that because what if um, MBNA say, well, wait a minute, uh, you didn't tell us that you you told us you were going to afford that and all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. It's actually the credit. Well, fine. Things happen. Yeah, you know, we 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 lent you that based on the criteria available at the time. Stuff happens. Things change. Yeah, things things change. You can't afford it now. Therefore, they have a duty of care at the end of the day to 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 sort that for you. You know, and and deal with that. Same as that that, that was the advice with utility companies was just, you know, like that. Don't pay UK. You know, yeah. Don't don't just cancel your diary debts, but you know, potentially just continue paying what you were. You know, the the utility companies do have a duty to say, if they present you with a bill that's twice what it was. You can, you know, you're within your rights to go back to them and say, I can't afford that. Yeah, I, you know? absolutely. Um, you know, we're t- not to because uh, I, I appreciate you've you've got a lot on, you've got a lot of people getting in touch with you. It has been a busy time. Um, I don't want to open you up as I, <laughs> I don't know the term I'm looking for is a, to be taking on everybody's issues, but you do do a lot of stuff free as well. You know, there's a I don't know if you want to name them, but there's a charity group that you've been involved with as well. And giving free advice, and I think that's important because it will tie oh. into my next point. Oh, Menmark Scotland. Menmark, okay. So yeah, yeah. Can... I, I and apologies to Menmark Scotland. I do need to get back out to you. That's some. Mm-hmm. I, I know you haven't been yet, but you need to go over. Um, I was yeah. only aware of Menmark Scotland from the podcast they done with you originally. Yeah. Um, but it's some setup they've got. Yeah. Drum Chapel. It's, it's tremendous. The stuff they do, not out with. Yeah. What, what's there? But the, the stuff they do is, is phenomenal. Like what's? Aye, they're absolutely brilliant. Um, but I think it's worth pointing out. There's a lot of things that you'll help people with when you get in touch. Yeah. So that's what. I, so I dropped in. I done a kind of quick drop in with them just to kind of see, you know, if there was any. There were little queries. A lot because a lot of it is tied in with mental health. A lot of, mm-hmm. You know, the, the financial um, problems can uh, can exacerbate existing mental health um, issues and vice versa. You know, it yeah. can be that, that what, what what triggers it in the first place. So. Um, so that's still in its early stage, but yeah, listen, I, I, I you know, I, I know what it's like to not have somebody, um, to, to not to feel a bit kind of helpless mm-hmm. when when it comes to finance. So I, yeah. I'm always happy to pick up a, a message, and even just to even if it's just five minutes to say, look, I can't help you. You're not really, you don't really need this. You just need, even if it's just to say, this is how to approach that. You know, if you've mm-hmm. had a letter in from a, a credit credit, or you've been chased for council tax or an overpayment of benefits or something like that, then mm-hmm. it's even just to say, look, you're within your rights to go back and just say. Right, hands up, that was mine, but can I deal with it? Because you, if you get a letter through from a sheriff officer, then the panic's there. So sometimes mm-hmm. it is just that bit of five-minute reassurance to, mm-hmm. to do that, you know? Yeah, that's great. Um, and now, moving into the TV world, big TV star, you're yeah. on BBC's debate night. Yeah, I mean, you won up me by being in a film right enough. But, um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, oh, that was brilliant. That was that was great, and that was off the back of this, to be mm-hmm. fair. They did mention that. So um, they, they had you on as a resident expert. I think that gives a lot of credence, t- to be honest, to what you're saying here, that, mm-hmm. that the BBC would say you're going to be on here with politicians speaking on on television. I, I, yeah, I mean, I yeah, without getting big headed, I was yeah, I was like yeah, quite right. Mm-hmm. You should have Aye. me on that. You yeah, know? And, t- and, totally. And they did apologise to say they should have had, they should have given us more time. And hopefully, kind of, hopefully, if they're, they're doing another one like that, they they had said. I don't know if they say that to everybody, but hopefully, kind of get back on because it would be good to actually get the message out a bit more. Because mm-hmm. that was the the problem, and it was great because I'm a political nerd I loved sitting watching even just the other yeah. I know you've been down to Westminster and seen fascinating isn't it I'd lo- yeah brilliant I right? think it's fascinating seeing them all being pals off camera but then that's the what I was cameras say. start rolling that's they start going for each other and I get and I get that these were MSPs um, not and maybe MPs are slightly different maybe you know Westminster's more of a kind of jungle than, than Holyrood but I loved it. It was great yeah. just seeing, you know, they were all like, oh, you know, Labour and SNP talking to each other, just saying, oh, I know what you take. I'll get your coffee. I know you don't take sugar and all that. And here, do you want, do you <laughs> yeah. want to share my wee squashums and all that kind of stuff? And then as soon as the camera rolls, like, right, it's your fault that this happened. Uh, what are you saying? You, it was you that wrecked the economy. I thought, wait a minute. It's bizarre. And isn't then it? even then, I thought, you know, they said, right, go up to the green room after. Um, 
And I was like, this is going to be awkward. Like, we got in this green room, everyone's going to be like, you know, oh, they're all just been slotting each other for an hour. It's just like, oh, that went well. Oh, do you know, I really wish, see, when you said that, I really wish I'd pulled you up for that. Ah, I'll get you next time. It's like a game, that. isn't it? It's... But it did give me a bit of kind of, I thought, kind of glad to a certain extent to go, oh, right, so a lot of that's just performative, actually. Yeah. Maybe behind the scenes there is. Because the problem I always have is if, if, I, if I vote for somebody, local MP or MSP, I expect them to be listened to. I don't expect to go, mm-hmm. oh, well, they weren't they weren't the, the Part party that won inside, yeah. so actually that, that vote was ruined actually it does make me think that you know yeah. him or her is actually in there and it, you know what they're saying has been listened to and there is some sort of but it's just this performative this you know Labour can't be seen to ever agree with SNP on stage it's, yeah it's playing it's playing to the galleries isn't it, it um, is. which I suppose in, in a way has its place because I was on I did seven days on the BBC not Sunday there but Sunday before and I said we were talking about Rishi Sunak trying to be quite statesman-like um, and I was like do you know what good like when he's speaking to he went and spoke to Nicola Sturgeon and stuff and it was like the best form of politics is one that is basically um, cooperative Aye, well, no matter how diametrically opposed you are you have to reach somewhere in the middle and yep. if you can do that in a way where you can have have this relationship with each other then good right go and do the performative stuff on TV, but when it actually comes down to it, it would be great to see he's kind of working together for the best outcome. That's it. They moved away from all that and it was like, you know, you can't be seen on a doorstep shaking hands with Boris Johnson if you're the first minister. Well, of course you can. Yeah. There's nothing. Well, that's you would rather see, yeah. You would rather see that. That's Absolutely. The, you know, you would, and, and it was, it was. I mean, it was brilliant. Uh, aye, the, the, the BBC thing was great. Mm. It was good to just... It was good. I think good to have somebody on there that is non... I mean, I suppose most times they do, but somebody that's not politically affiliated no. who's able to kind of say, no, like, this is... Well, that was, that was the reason Behind it. I think they, they did kind of hands up say that the, the format was a bit different and yeah. maybe should have dilated. There was maybe too many experts in because the, mm-hmm. the rules and that was that was the night before Liz Truss resigned. So it was, oh, all, was, it? I mean, it was. so politics was insane. Like it, their meth, their phones were going all over the place. And it was quite yeah. exciting, but obviously when one if one MP talk, if one MSP talks, they've got to give the same amount of time to the next MSP, mm. and if they then throw them under the bus, you've got to give them a right to reply. So there was just a lot of time, not wasted. That's probably not the right, but I, I would a lot say, of t- yeah. But it's actually the points that we wanted to make, me and the other kind of experts, was just about that. It was just mm-hmm. like you know, two two points. One that everybody's you know that to 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 release statistic to say see the stuff you're feeling at home. Everybody's feeling that the yeah. cost of living crisis isn't a buzzword. If you are sitting going, I'm really you know that this is. I've got. I checked my bank account when I was in the car park there before it came in. I've got twenty two quid in my account right to last me till Friday. Right, that's and that's paid. I get paid on Friday. And that pays to cover the kids' Christmas. Oh, I've God. got twenty two quid left. I'm not some financial. I'm a debt expert, but I'm not. Some, you know, I've not found a cheat code as to how to survive the cost of living. <laughs> yeah. I'm skint, and everybody's skint. And I guess sure it's just if if everyone kind of realizes, yeah, right, we are all skint. We can be a bit more honest to see. You know, see instead of going to the pub, do I just come around to my house with a box, a box of cans or something? Because it's cheaper. Um, watch the World Cup because it's free. Um, but also, the, there's there's you know the, getting the advice out there. I think the the point that the the, the producer on on that um, show was trying to kind of get get across was that it is a lot of middle income. People that yeah. are struggling, they're the ones that are least likely to to reach out or admit they've got a problem because it's that's a lot of the, you know, talking about performative MAs, MPs and stuff like that. It's kind of a lot of the performative, you know. Uh, yeah. I've got a, I've got the big car and I've got all this kind of stuff and don't want to admit it. Mm-hmm. Just get it, you well, know, get, yeah. it, get the help. So there is no shame in admitting it. Well, as often happens, I had a message today. Somebody's trying to find your Twitter account to yeah, give yeah. you a shout. And he spoke to you. If anybody would, is that? Do you think that's the best way to get you or? Well, assuming Twitter's still up by the time you listen oh to this, God, so eh? I, I don't, have, I don't, my mastodon username is Tommy Gallagher at Glasgow Social dot Scotland <laughs> something. I don't know. I mean, best thing to do is to go to don't fret about debt dot net and put an inquiry through, and it'll get through to the team because I get any bother. If, if and I don't get into bother, but it's easier. You can yeah. listen. DM me on Twitter at Tommy and we'll Gallagher. Direct you to that. Uh, come through there's links always in your podcast to get yeah, it through and there in the episode notes podcast cliche but you'll find a link to the don't forget about debt page yeah, if you don't want to contact Sean directly because I understand why you wouldn't absolutely yeah but, absolutely but, but um, not, totally not, not nothing wrong with no, it no no I totally but, I totally get you people I, I completely understand you might not want to come to me just yeah. go direct to but it's, it's com- listen completely confidential I don't feed any of this back you know I'm happy to have a chat whether it's um, just the more information I've got the better so uh, you know if, if it's a DM to say look this is my circumstances this is what I've got can you help me with that mm-hmm. um, I can put you through or, or, but, but if you come through the website with remote control means the team can pick it up and we, yeah. can, we can give you a call and a quicker response I um, have, yes. to, have to say to confirm I'd, unless they've specifically 
got in touch with me or said to you, I never know the identity of anybody you've no. ever spoken to, ever. It's just a flat, I would never ever find that out. No, and I don't pass that on to you. No. Other than to say maybe somebody got in contact to say they listened to the podcast and it was quite good. And I do get a lot of feedback with that. There is a lot. And it's still, it's amazing. Not that amazing, I suppose, because <clears> we said that, but it's amazing further down the line now yeah. that people still listen to that first one. I know, I know. You know or people that listen to the one you've done with, with, with uh, the, the client that I'd spoken to. Um, and they went back and listened to the first mm-hmm. one and kind of, you know, it's... Because it's... each one that we've done kind of covers it from a different perspective, but with the overall, or the overriding theme of there's help available. Speak to somebody. Yeah. It's, I mean, what's the worst case scenario? Exactly. It's just, you know, we look at it and actually I just say, in fact, one of the guys that got in contact, that's all it was. Nothing really came of it. He just, I just looked at his option and said to him, this is what you need to tighten up on. Mm-hmm. And he actually, and it's very, very rare that that is the case, but he just, he knew what he had to do and he could just tighten up himself and he went away and sorted that out. Didn't need any sort of solution. He just knew who to who to approach. But again, it was just almost saying it out loud to say, right, yeah. he does have a good income, a really good income, um, quite you know high debts compared to, to to somebody else. But in re- relation to his income, wasn't that bad, and he mm. just needed to restructure. It. But because he was scared to speak to his partner about it, because scared to speak to his dad or his friends, um, he just needed somebody to kind of, and that's it. Don't feel the phone. Speak to somebody. Ten a ten twenty. Minute phone call or something like that. It's, that's that's all it is. I'm not here to I'm not here to shove you into any solution. I'm not incentivized to do that. I'm paid. Yeah. I, I'm salaried. I get paid whether you know whether I mean, you do or you don't. I was going to say I get paid whether the phone goes or not. I, eventually, I'll stop getting paid if the phone doesn't go. <laughs> yeah. But you know, I'm not. It's not. Um, I'm not there to shove people into solutions. That, that's, I'm just there there are, to, yeah. There are companies that do that. I've, I've kind of touched on it before. There are companies that are incentivized, and then I think give. Poor advice. Oh, it's, yeah. I mean, there's always been that kind of thing. When I used when I used to work for Step Change, um, that was always the kind of thing that they didn't. There was no, you know, there, there was never any. They always said that, like, don't, you know, there shouldn't be any sort of incentive for that because mm-hmm. it's because then, if, you know, why would there be? Why why should you be incentivized to to put somebody into a solution that's not suitable for them? You know, the advice advice is all free. Advice should always be free in Scotland. If yeah. you get if you're paying for advice, you're doing it wrong. There's no fees. There are fees involved in these solutions, but those fees are generally picked up by creditors. You're not paying anything mm-hmm. on top of that. So there's no, you know. Yeah. Well, a great place then, I think, to, to round that one up. Thanks very much again for, no, no, always for, a pleasure. for coming in. I'm going to need to go and get another one of those coffees. I know, yeah. And thank you for listening. I hope this has been a help if you've needed it. And we'll be back with another episode of Blethered soon. Cheers. Leathered was written and produced by Sean McDonald in association with The Big Light. Music and post-production by Brian McAlpine. And for more information, go to thebiglight.com. If you like this podcast, please check out all our other series, including Talk Media, Natural Wonders, You Could Start a Fight in an Empty House, Talking Derry Girls, Brave Your Day, The Tartan Noir Show, Double Scotch, Great Scott, Trust Me I'm a Leader, Unearthed, A Sonic Hug and Old School. All on the Big Light, Scotland's podcast network. From the Big Light Studio.